the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. When it comes to your investments and retirement, in this economy, it's important to be smart. And with the Smart Investor Hour heard right here on AM 1420 The Answer, you'll get both smart and intelligent information you'll need to help with your investing. So sit back, listen, and learn with your host of the Smart Investor Hour, Tim Hayes of RBC Wealth Management. 51 Kensington Church Street uh, in London this week and uh, at a restaurant called Fiona's. And a little small restaurant, great food. Uh, her sister makes a great drink. Um, and she'll hug you as you walked in the door. But I had some friends, one who has cancer and she just had an operation, and a couple other friends that I've been talking to, and a couple clients that have had some tough times. So I, I thought this. I saw this quote on the back of the restaurant, and it was just so true. I, 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 thought, I thought it perfect. All human life has its seasons and cycles, and no one's personal chaos be permanent. Winter, after all, give ways, gives ways to spring and summer. Though sometimes when the branches stay dark and the earth cracks with ice, one thinks they will never come. That spring, that summer, but they always do. That's Truman Compote, ladies and gentlemen. Um, anyway, you know, uh, it, it's been a kind of a crazy uh, period of time, and a lot of people are, uh, you know, they're uh, getting upset and, uh, you know, whatever. But you know, the Dow Jones has led the way. That's kind of interesting. And uh, let's talk about that. Too. You know, look, um, we're in a midterm election year, and usually the stock market does pretty well. Uh, so there's some precedence for the stock market to move ahead a bit. Um, as we've highlighted before, uh, the year is experiencing a 21 bounce, 21% bounce off the midterm low which is pretty good so far. And, you know, we were, you know, pounding the table on the last week of September. Now I, I just, I feel like you have to wait a little bit. Although I, I did see some things technically this week. Um, I, yeah, I looked at the charts this week. Sorry, sorry to my wife. But anyway, I, I saw some things technically that suggest leadership. And I'm going to talk about that later. But, you know, we, look, uh, we see the, results of the midterms as supportive for the stock market. You know, uh, the fact that no party has complete control, as I think is positive. Detente in American politics, I think is positive. When nothing gets done, I think is positive. So, um, you know, look, uh, we've moved, we've had a big move off the bottom. And I, I think now we're going to go wishy-washy. Now, the Dow Jones seems to be leading the way, as I said earlier, and the Russell has broken out. What's really interesting is that the European stocks have bounced, and they are leading over the, the S&P 500. So we'll see what happens with that. But um, I find myself thinking that the bullish narrative on the longer term has a little bit been oversimplified and overstated in, in the recent couple of days. And uh, one thing that we kept pointing out is the three to four 
past midterm election years, the stock market has rallied into the fourth quarter, but has been flat to mildly positive for the following year. And look, I, I've been talking about 2023 year being a base building year before we really get up and go in 2024. Um, but look, I, there's been relative strength in energy and small caps. Now, I think the energy stocks, you gotta, you got to wait for oil to bottom before that's going to go. The utilities, you know, the utilities are in the energy field, so I think they'll be going. But 70% of the S&P 500 companies are beating consensus earnings and sales and weaker, which is weaker, by the way, in the last, the last couple of quarters. Small caps are not quite strong as large caps. Uh, large caps tend to tend to be beating quite a bit, and and we're seeing mostly downward revision, revisions for both the S and P 500 and the Russell 2000 right now. Um, the Russell's being held up by a lot of the banks, and the, you know the the higher interest rates go, the bigger the spread, so the banks can make a little bit more money. All right? so they're borrowing basically at Fed funds rate, and and they're and they're uh, lending out at a higher uh, rate. So now we are getting that uh, you know the, the the yield curve is flattening. So that usually means, hey, uh, you got to be careful. So I think it'll be some time before the market takes off. Uh, you know, energy is seeing the most earnings per share beats in the S&P 500. Um, and technology, believe it or not, is seeing the most earning beats in the Russell 2000. So it's the smaller names in the, energy, in the technology area that looks the best. And we'll just keep it from there. But look, Let's go back and, you know, uh, just a week ago, you know, we talked about the CPI number coming in and it set the dubs free. <laughs> you know what I mean? On balance, we, we love that CPI report. Uh, we've said many, many months that the core CPI will be moving in the right di- direction by year end and that by the middle of the year, we'll be holding a free handle uh, was not at all heroic. Uh, Tom Porcelli hit, it on the, hit the nail on the head. So, um, by the way, Tom is our chief U.S. economist. Um, there was a ton to like in that report, and it really set the market going up, but not the all, you know, it wasn't the S&P, it was the Dow and some of the smaller caps. And once again, the banks and the smaller caps seem to be leading the way. I did notice when I did my charts this morning, on the breakouts, were all micro caps. I mean, with the exception of Manchester United, which is, you know, the, they're putting that up for sale. So uh, most of them were micro caps, which is, I would say, 80, 90 percent were micro caps. So, you know, look, um, shelter prices were again firm, but this is part owing to acceleration hotel fares. Uh, rent actually showed a gain of 0.06, which uh, was, was less than the 0.08 expected. So. You know, you're starting to see, you know, look, if I was looking at a chart on, on the CPI, I'd say we hit a double top. So we'll just leave it at that. Uh, but, you know, it, I think Tom Lee called it a, a game changer. Tom Lee at Funstrat. And, and uh, that, that was, a, in my view, uh, a, a very valid point when you have a 1,200-point rally. Now, look, what we're doing now is we're settling in. So if, we, if this holds, it's extremely bullish, okay? Uh, now, I think, you know, what we'll talk about in the second half of the show uh, or the second part of the show uh, is a little bit about technical analysis. And I think you'll find some things that get really interesting. Uh, but, you know, look, the, the, with the Republicans taking the House and they got a chance of taking the Senate, too, uh, you know, if Georgia turns out, 
you know, that'd be very positive. All right. So, uh, look, um, eating turkey is a consensus. <laughs> and I hope you really enjoyed your Thanksgiving. I was in Edinburgh uh, for Thanksgiving, but I did have a wee dram thinking of my two kids and uh, their husbands and wives, you know, uh, accordingly. So, but look, belief in hard landing is a question mark right now. Okay, sure. All right, look, if you're looking at things, we have an inverted yield curve. The Fed hikes so fast and so high, it's going to break something, right? The plunge in the purchasing managers index, we had a collapse in the CEO sentiment, commodity prices movements, inflation will take years to control, earnings estimates will fall, the S&P 500 is below 200-day moving average, et cetera, et cetera. 88% of the Americans will eat turkey on Thanksgiving. <laughs> All right. Is there any other day where something like this can be said? I don't know. All right. You know, so, you know, the the markets are not going to be fighting the Fed if inflation is cooling. Okay. They're just not. Look, there's there's all the things that everybody's talking about, the supply chain, the bullwhip effect, you know, one-offs like healthcare, insurance, et cetera. But the fact is, uh, even... Carl Quintanelli, you know, said the October CPI report supports the idea that we're moving past the firmest period for inflation. So we'll keep, you know, uh, you know Carl's on CNBC, so he has no axe to grind or anything like that. So it, it was a game changer. Okay. Now I'm, I'm going to do a couple things, uh, highlight a couple things. Wealth management questionnaires. You can get one of these and sign up. You don't have to be a client, although we'd love to have you as a client. I think this last year, uh, you know, Marshfield's up. <laughs> They're up 4.5%. And, uh, you know, you can't get them outside of uh, RBC. And that's a really good reason to be here. Um, people were complaining that they weren't buying a lot of stocks last year. And now, now they're loving them, all right? And we also have what I call the year-end checklist. And uh, <clears throat> year-end checklist is, a, is an Excellent thing for, uh, you know, if you're going to do your own taxes or you're, you want to, uh, don't want to waste your accountant's time. You know, it has income tax strategies. Uh, it's got uh, a whole bunch of stuff like, uh, tax related investment strategies, uh, a whole bunch of stuff. So if you'd like it, I send it out to a bunch of people. Uh, if you'd like to be on that list, let me know. Uh, also, you know, it was another challenging month for fixed income. You know, the long end of the bonds getting beat up. All right. And, I still think you want to stay in that two to five year area. And look, I, I saw some 5% two year CDs. Now, maybe we're getting back to that, the old 60, 30, 10 portfolio, 60% equities, 30% bonds, 10% cash. Um, don't know that yet. You know, we've we got to look and, and whatever. But the other thing is, you know, we talked about the ADR list. Okay. And the ADR list is starting to move. It's amazing. You know, we, we said the bottom came in place in September, and we, we had a pretty good call there. And ADRs, you know, are starting to move. You know, the international stocks are outpacing the S&P 500 over the last five or six, well, I would say three or four weeks. So uh, that's another list that you can get. How can you get it? Well, if you go to WHK's webpage, WHK 1420 AM, and you go to local podcast down to Smart Investor Show, you can go straight to my webpage, and there's all sorts of contact me and email me type of things. 
Also, you know, go to Rob Schleimer's uh, roadmap. It's under bulletin board. Good stuff there. There's also a, a, a weekly market newsletter. Also, if you go to Insights, which is on the heading list, there's all sorts of new research on there. And it's good research, high-quality research, and it changes week by week. All right? So on those, you can hit the contact me or email me. And let's have a cup of coffee. Let's talk about your portfolio. Let's talk about a wealth plan. You know, it, it just makes sense at this period of time to to be involved. And, uh, uh, you know, a lot of people are scared to death now. We've been talking on this show now for, I don't know how many years, but we've been talking for a long, long time about buy low, sell high. And when your, your stomach is turning, is the best time to buy stocks. Right now, I would concentrate on dividends. You know, there's a couple dividend stocks that got some big yields now, and they got peppered in this portfolio. And I don't think they're giving up the, you know, the their uh, their leads, shall we say, anytime soon. Remember, five years after a recession, the markets are two and a half, two to two and a half times their value. Let me say that again: five years after a recession, the markets are two to two and a half times their value. Not a bad deal, okay? Look, we said last a couple of weeks ago, the Fed doesn't know where it's going, but it believes it has to get there. And the problem with the Fed is, is they're always going to be wrong, okay? Uh, they're, they've created 100% of the recessions <laughs> in the last, you know, since they started, and they've created 100% of the recovery. So they'll be right until they're wrong. And uh, that's something you got to understand. You know, they just, it's the way it is. They, it's predicting the future and, you know, they're, they want to clamp down on inflation really bad right now because I don't think uh, Jay Powell wants to be, you know, an Arthur Burns. And I get it, but, you know, that's something else. You know, I also thought I'd mention we had uh, the 10 most global research reports, most read by our clients, both institutionally and, re- and uh, retail, and they were Blackstone. Uh, we downgraded it. Bill Katz. Uh, Ada's insights on quant strategy and U.S. Inflation Reduction Act. What's that all about? Software life. Uh, remember, we just had our technology, informa- uh, uh, internet, media, and telecommunications uh, conference last week. Okay, and it was really dynamite. The update on that is phenomenal. Alibaba. A lot of people calling in on that. Intuit, another group that people are talking about. China, the consumer sector, Vodafone, global equity strategy, and global uh, PC forecast. And, you know, uh, a lot of people are seeing weakening uh, PC uh, demand being a a problem for people uh, in the chip business, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. So the other thing that I thought was interesting is, is was in the communications and infrastructure area. We had a great new report. You know, the FCC unveiled a major update to its national broadcast map, uh, broadcast map, or broadband map. I'm sorry, uh, and and that's important. Uh, the map is based online and will allow users to locate availability and pricing information for internet services in their area. And the updated map provides more detailed location uh, and information that previously released map, which relied solely on a census block data. Uh, so the users can search both their residential or business address to view which fixed and mobile provider services that area. 
okay? So that's an interesting thing. AT&T, you know, and there's some other stuff. We'll go into it when we get back. Let's take a break. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. This is Smart Investor Show. I'm Tim Hayes. RBC Wealth Management, we are proud of our reputation for putting clients' interests first. Our steadfast commitment to helping clients achieve their financial goals includes giving back to the communities we serve. Through supporting youth education, human services, and the arts, we hope to make tomorrow better for everyone. Call Tim Hayes at 216-774-8906. RBC Wealth Management, a division of RBC Capital Markets, LLC, member NYSC, FINRA, SIPC. Hello, Cleveland. My dad grew up in Cleveland. I've lived in Cleveland my whole life, and Cleveland rocks. And as a Cleveland plumber who's the son of a Cleveland plumber, one thing I can tell you is that Cleveland sewer pipes are all made of clay. And those clay pipe sections have seams every three to four feet where roots can grow, cracks can develop, and offsets form, and that causes some nasty clogs. For most clogs, we can cable or jet them out fast and get the water moving. But to really fix the problem properly requires a cable machine, a hydro jetter, a camera, several hours of work, all of which every drain tech does have ready to go. So at Wyatt Works, we embrace transparency. We will bust the clog right away. We'll show you on the camera and let you decide if you want to do a Band-Aid fix or a permanent fix. Either way, the hard-working, straight-talking, do-it-right drain techs at Wyatt Works have got you covered. Consider it done at wyattworks.com. License number 30185. Bad decisions limit future options. Make bad enough decisions and you'll destroy your life. Listen to The Plotline with your host, Rick Hughes, every Sunday morning at 6.30 here on AM 1420, The Answer. The Plotline describes a mainline resistance in your soul to build on God's Word. Join us every Sunday for 30 minutes of inspiration, motivation, education, all without manipulation. That's The Plotline with Rick Hughes, heard every Sunday at 6.30 a.m. on AM 1420, The Answer. WHKRadio.com, in, and Odyssey.com. Santana, it's just a day going. All right. Um, you know, a couple things that are happening, and Rob Schleimer had a great report, by the way, which you can get on my webpage. The Trend and Cycle Roadmap is on the front page under Bulletin Board. So if you go to WHK 1420 AM, go to the local podcast down to the Smart Investor Show, you can get this stuff. Uh, and he publishes this weekly, okay? So it's good information. By the way, why are you there, you know? Hit the contact me. Get a wealth pair uh, uh, plan questionnaire. Uh, we've got a lot of good material. Got got a couple new reports that I really really like. You know the one for the telecommunications, internet, media, and and technology. Uh, great. We had a great conference. Wasn't as many good ideas, I didn't think, as it was uh, several years ago when I pounded the table on it. Those stocks led. Now you've got to be a little bit more pickier and. Uh, I'm sorry, but unless you're in a client, you're not going to get that information. But, um, you know, it was a very good report, I thought. And uh, so we'll leave it at that. And then the year-end checklist, don't forget that, too. Investors in the Dow Jones Industrials uh, have had a lot to be thankful for, is what I I think. It's a surge 19% from the September lows. And 
you know, back to the summer highs, it's with 9% of its all-time highs. However, the S&P 500 is not following. And I think it's a techn- the large technology stocks are not, partic- not participating. So we'll see what happens going forward. Now, the other thing I would suggest is that uh, the smaller names are doing pretty well. A lot of that's the banking stocks. But like I said, most of the stocks that I did my charts on this week were small cap in nature, micro cap in some cases. So the 10-year yield uh, and the U.S. dollar are, are real. They got real near. Well, let's put it this way. I think the Dow Jones is is working on the next level of resistance. All right. So it's broken its downtrend line. So it's now a solid citizen again. Uh, and usually when you're the first resistance, you'll pull back first before you go forward. I've been waiting for that to buy some stocks, and I just it hasn't had the opportunity. The S&P 500 is still a ways away from its downtrend line. So uh, it, 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 it's right above its 200-day moving average. I'm sorry, it's right below its 200-day moving average. Now, there's a group or two that have done the Golden Cross, and we'll talk about that in a second here, too. Um, but the 10-year yields uh, are nearing support levels, and the U.S. dollar is too. So, you know, the U.S. dollar broke its uptrend line. The 10-year yields have not. Remember, these broke out after a 40-year decline in the 10-year yield. So we had a 40-year bull market bonds. I think it's over, okay? Um, the dollar was a 36-year bear market. And it's broken out. Now, it, it did break its uptrend line, so we'll watch that one. I think it's going to go back and test its breakout. Uh, you know, So that's something you have to pay uh, fairly close attention to. Now, there's a couple other things that I think you got to do. Uh, and, and, you know, look, I, I did see one sector that I – and I have certain stocks within that sector. Not all stocks in the sector look good, but there's a thing called a golden cross, and that's where the 50-day moving average – crosses over the 200-day moving average. And it did that in the industrial sector. Now, I've got some, you know, the on-balance volumes turning up, the PMOs turning up. You know, you actually had the silver cross, and then now we have the golden cross. So that's, that's very positive. Uh, there's a couple ways to do it. You know, what's been happening with the Dow happened with the industrial sector, too. It broke its downtrend line. Had had a major double bottom uh, just this, you know in July and then again in, you know at the end of September, so that's an area I think we have to pay attention to. There's some solid solid signs there that you know look really good and and I've got quite a few names in that area that uh, I would be well I mean on any kind of pullback uh, you got to I think you got to be involved here, um, you, you know. Um, I, I was I was looking at some things, um, and and I'm I guess uh, there's well I got a question from Ed, and Ed asked me about portfolio construction, and uh, I, I think you got to do a couple things. You got to look at seasonality, okay, and. Um, Usually, you know, this time of year is the best time of year. And the the second thing I think you got to own, you got to talk about is dividends. And so when I construct a portfolio, Ed, what I look at is I look at uh, dividend growth and prime income, depending on your age. And that makes up a great deal of the portfolio. Then we have uh, 20% of the portfolio of following the leaders. 
okay? And then 10% risk management. You know, I sometimes you go after stocks that are hot. You know what I mean? Uh, so I hope that answers your question. <laughs> I'm uh, not sure it did, but uh, uh, they, he just, this is totally unrehearsed, folks. Uh, he just uh, emailed me. So uh, now on a weekly basis, I was looking at things and, you know, I, I want to go back to this quad, uh, the monthly quadrant balance uh, piece that our good uh, friend, Rob Schleimer, who is our head technician and a darn good one, by the way. And, you know, it's still, it's not an overbought situation at all. It's still very oversold. Okay. So look, uh, back in February, I said we were at the bottom or we were at the top of the trend line. I'm sorry. Now we're at the bottom. All right. Now, remember, we talked about this four year cycle. So 2023 will probably be a year where you have to be very selective in what you buy. And, uh, you know, we talked about healthcare. Now, healthcare is leading the way. Uh, you know, so the industrial sector seems to be looking fairly good. Okay. We had the Golden Cross there. So that might be the next sector to lead for a while. Uh, the energy sector, I think we have to have oil to bottom for a while because the Saudis are talking about raising production. They're playing games, is what they're doing. All right. So, but if, if they do start to raise production and, and we get a, a, bottom in the oil market, the actual oil market. That's when I think you want to be looking at these uh, global energy ideas that I said you could grab on, uh, hold up, okay? Um, and so the, the, in theory, in theory, the next up cycle should be 2024, and it'll be a big one. I think it'll be a very, very big one. But in the meantime, we're, so, you know, we're at the bottom of the momentum index we're at the bottom of the trend channel dating all the way back to, uh, you know, the bottom in 2009. So those are all good things if you're bringing money into the market. You know, I just ha I had a guy right before I left on vacation. He, he came to me. Uh, he wanted to do a wealth plan. We did the wealth plan. He got killed this year. Okay. And uh, now, you know, my portfolio's. You know, like I said, I had two money managers that are actually up for the year. Uh, I'm I'm down, but I'm down in stocks that I've held a long time, like uh, Abbott Laboratories and Johnson and Johnson, and uh, they're starting to pick up again. Uh, you know, Johnson, uh, Abbott's down because their baby formula. I think it's uh, ridic ridiculous, but you know that's okay. Uh, that's the way the stock market works. But we're at the bottom of the trend line now. So if we hold here. Which I think we're going to the way you know I see the Dow Jones breaking out and the you know we got the Golden Cross on the XLI we got the Golden Cross on the on the uh, uh, healthcare index so a lot of good things are happening now the S and P 500 is going to lag a while I think uh, you know we got major resistance at around 4200 and we're right below the 200 day moving average so it's going to take a while to get through there all right Dow Jones did 50 days starting to turn up on the on the Dow Jones. That's that's positive. Same with the Russell. You know, the 50 days turning up. It hasn't broken yet. The Russell broke through its 200-day moving average and pulled back a little bit. That's that's not unusual. Uh, and I would suggest that, uh, you know, its relative performance versus the S&P was very strong for a while and then pulled back. That's not unusual either. So, you know, uh, look, we are starting to see some of the European stocks start to get up and go. That's why we talked about the ADR list. This is important. 
Now, the relative strength hasn't broken out yet, but it's very close to breaking out versus the S&P 500. Uh, that's a good time to buy stock. Um, you know, don't know if it's you know, the perfect time, but, you know, we did have a bunch of stocks move above their 50-day their moving average now, and that's a big positive. So that's a big rebound. The 200-day, we've got about 50% of our stocks above our 200-day moving average, which is another positive. Uh, the, the bulls are, are only at 25%, so we're not getting an exaggeration move. You know, so the, you know, we look at bulls as a contrarian uh, situation when there's no bulls. That's when you want to be bullish. You know, we talked about this in September. The bulls were at like 13, 15%. I haven't think I've ever seen it there. And I'm talking about the American Association of Individual Investors, and the bears were up to 52%. Seen that several times, uh, you know, like in 2009, and uh, in I think it was 1998. Uh, you know, in 1987, it got up there too. So these were extreme. These were extreme situations. Same with the put to call ratio. So that's when you want to buy. Hey, we're going to be right back with the bullish percent uh, from our friends at Dorsey Wright. Stay tuned. This is Smart Investor Show. Yeah. You do want me, let me let the show if you don't want me, don't leave me on When it comes to managing your retirement, it's easy to get lost. Look to RBC Wealth Management to guide you. Our experienced, knowledgeable financial advisors will build your investment strategy by designing a plan that's tailored to your unique financial needs. Call Tim Hayes at 216-774-8906. RBC Wealth Management, a division of RBC Capital Markets, LLC. Member NYSE, FINRA, SIPC. Visit rbcwealthmanagement.com. Plumbing for Women. The title of that course would probably ruffle feathers today, and understandably so. But back when I taught it, everyone loved it, especially the students. Those women really wanted to know how plumbing worked, and they felt empowered by being able to work on their own plumbing. In the final exam... Students made a modern art-looking sculpture from copper pipe and fittings. Each joint had to be properly soldered. Then we'd hook that sculpture up to a garden hose and we'd pressure test it for leaks. It always worked perfectly. I still have some of those sculptures hanging around my office and home. I've always loved plumbing and it's one of the great joys of my life to spread that passion to others, including our employees at Wyatt Works. Because I believe you deserve a plumber who loves his work and treats it like a calling, not just a job. Not only will he do better work, but you're going to be a whole lot happier having him in your home. And, quite frankly, that's the secret behind the Wallach-a-Doodle experience. Consider it done at WyattWorks.com. License number 30185. Here is a special message from the Diocese of Cleveland and the Retirement Fund for Religious. Hello, I'm Cleveland's Bishop Edward Molesic, inviting you to mark your calendar for the second weekend of December as our diocese hopes you will share in the care and donate to support the aging religious community of our consecrated men and women. Let us show our appreciation for those who have dedicated their lives to us and to the Lord. Visit dioceseofcleveland.org slash retiredreligious to learn how you may donate. Okay, we're back. And uh, for, I, I think it's L, whoever, L who just emailed me. Uh, the reason I'm not saying anything about calls right now is that we're having some technical glitches, uh, WHK. And uh, Lenny, my good man, the technician, is doing a great job. But, uh, you know, he's had him all morning. So uh, we're, that's why we're not taking calls today. Um, anyway, 
you know, uh, last week I talked about this broad rally that occurred and, and how, you know, uh, like I said, Tom Porcelli said they let the dove go. Okay. Um, and look, uh, there's been some names that have been, you know, some of the largest stocks have been largely absent in participation here. A few indicators back up this, you know, pretty well, and, and that is the the bullish percent for the S&P 500 crossed 70% for the fourth time this year in November. You know, that's why I, I've been holding back about buying. Um, and and the percent of positive is close to challenging its August high from uh, earlier this year. All right. So that's good stuff. And, and the weekly distribution for the S&P 500 has reached its second highest level this year with a current reading of 34%. And, and, you know, look, uh, for those unfamiliar, the, the weekly distribution tracks the average weekly overbought, oversold reading for stocks within the S&P 500. And the last time uh, it was at this current level was mid-August. So uh, there we go. Um, the overbought reading for the S&P 500 is now at 71. It's a pretty high number for an index, okay? And and that index has been traded in heavily overbought areas. So Currently, the S&P 500 has a much more normalized weekly overbought, oversold reading of about 40%. However, um, the five largest companies in the S&P 500 are at minus 28.3%. You know, uh, Microsoft being at just 12%. So the S&P trades in a normalized territory. The S&P or the, or the weekly distribution is near its highest level in a year. Okay, so. That's not when you want to buy the stocks. You want to buy them when they're down. Most of my clients were talking about selling, you know. So um, I, I had a question about the FTX saga, and it, it completely it's completely unraveling. So uh, I don't know what the you know crypto. I I was in it very early. I'm not in it anymore. Uh, I, I have one stock involved in it, and um, I I bought that when the insiders thought they were wrong. So. Um, anyway, the bullish percent is at 53. Uh, you know, last week it was down uh, about two and a half percent. This week was up a quarter of a percent. So it's still in the column of X's. Um, and it, and it's what I call, um, it's not in bull confirmed, but it's in bull alert strategy. So what will probably happen is we'll have some kind of pullback and then we'll go forward. We'll be in bull confirmed. Now, remember the over the counter index. And the world index are still in pretty good shape. The over-the-counter index is at 34. It's a good time to be buying. So the small caps, you know, uh, are a place to look, all right? And the world index is over 40 now. And that's a really, you know, between 40 and 60 and 40 and 70 are usually really good movements. So we're starting to see some of the foreign stocks participate, okay? So the ADR list is a place you want to be. And I think that's important. Um, the major indexes, uh, you know, you look that the, on a point and figure chart, the Dow is broken out and looks the best. The NASDAQ is right where it needs to break above. Okay. It's right at its downtrend line. Now on, on a point and figure chart on, and, and what I'm looking at is a certain, uh, valuation level for each one, for each square, um, or X or O, I should say. Uh, the S&P is broken out on a regular chart. It is not. The Russell 2000 still looks best, I think, and the Dow looks the best. So small cap areas is where you want to go. 
Now, if I look at dynamic asset level investing, I'm looking at sectors and I'm basing it on relative strength. Energy is still number one. Financials are number two. Uh, consumer cyclicals are number three. Basic materials are number four. And industrials are number five. And industrials gained a lot of uh, 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 votes this week, we'll call it. Utilities are, are next. And I think utilities might be a pretty good place for the next couple of weeks uh, while energy is bottoming, okay? And I mean energy, I mean the actual price of oil. So, uh, you know, a lot of these stocks base themselves on the price of oil. Uh, healthcare lost about 20 votes this week. So I think people uh, are starting to think maybe that the staples are not a place to be, although I think it, it's still way oversold. But the one that the communication services, you know, this is the Facebook, you know, the Metas, MetaWorks, uh, Snap, and all those things, they're 26%. Uh, so they're down and dirty. So I think consumer non-cyclicals, you still want to overweight. Healthcare is equal weight, but it's improving. Um, and I, and I, I think the industrials are another area uh, you want to take a look at. And I definitely think you want to take a look at the energy stocks on any kind of pullback. You know, our global energy list is very, very good. So now developed market equities have shown some resilience over the last couple of weeks. Um, with the Morgan Stanley Corporate in- Index, the EFA, uh, EFA, EF, E-A-F-E, uh, or the EAFA is the symbol. That's what I was trying to say. Uh, sorry, a little, little jet lag here. Uh, you know, they had a strong month, and they broke their downtrend line. And the last week, too, they've been beating the S&P 500. So that's something to look at because they are – the European stocks, especially developed Europe, cheap stocks the last seven, eight times earnings, you know, with good dividends. So that's a good, that's a place to go. Um, so uh, the near-term improvement, France, looks good. Uh, you know, I, I've seen a couple other nations that look pretty good. I know, you know, France actually broke above its downtrend line. Uh, I mean, I broke above its bottom here, and it's the first time you've seen that in a while. Uh, the long-term treasury yields have continued to decline, which is a positive, okay? Um, the 10-year reached 3.7%. But remember, we, we talked about this three weeks ago. We said that the the U.S. dollar and the 10-year yield index had broken their uptrend lines. When that happens, you're going to have a correction usually. So somebody said, you know, where would you go in uh, in fixed income? Well, I'd look at the two to five-year area. That's definitely the place to be. Uh, or, you know, if the floating rates, you know, if you think interest rates are going up higher. But remember, as the Fed raises rates, the top may already be in. That's what Tom Porcelli's saying. You know, that's what Tom Lee's saying, okay? Tom Lee's the head guy at Fundstrat. He's probably one of the great strategists of our time. Tom Porcelli is our head economist. The Fed keeps raising rates, but the top happens before that, okay? Uh, so you can see the long-term treasury, at least the 10-year, was at 425 just two weeks ago. It's now at 3.7. So uh, the floating rates may be, uh, you know, that's just for your own satisfaction. I don't know if I'd be putting a lot of money there. But, uh, you know, the two- to five-year uh, CDs, corporates, um, look pretty good. And the long, the longer-term municipals are starting to look pretty good now, too, because I, they're not going – yields aren't going up anymore. So pay attention there. Now, look, we have crude oil on a buy, but the point-and-figure trend right now is a little bit negative. That means the short-term, you know, you want to be uh, 
waiting till that bottom turns up. And but right now, you know, look, uh, Noah didn't build the ark when it started raining. Okay, now's the time to get take a look at the oil stocks. I think we're in a super cycle. Okay, and I I, I I've been waiting, 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 waiting. I think uh, things could get interesting. Now, I did notice on a positive trend basis. I looked at some of the ETFs for like gold and silver, and they turned up and uh, uh, broke out a little bit here. So that's another thing to pay pretty close attention to. Um, the the equal weight dollar or equal weight index for the dollar uh, for steel uh, entered a positive trend this week. So you know we're, we're seeing a couple things that I really like. You know, I, I mean, steel industrials. Uh, you know, I've, I've got a couple names there that I think are important. But I, I think also is that you know if you look at the long term, and that's look the long term is what's important, and you know, I go back to we've had three secular bull markets since 1929. And in each case, from the bottom, we've gone up 2,300%. If we just go up 2,000%, you're talking about an S&P 500 at 13,500 to 14,000. We've got a long way to go, folks. A long way to go. All right. Now, People say, oh, but the market's been terrible. Hey, in the last bull market, we had 1987. We had 1990 when Saddam Hussein rode into town, okay? We had 1998 when the Russian ruble crisis caused a a correction. There are bear markets within secular bull markets. There are bull markets within secular bear markets. Remember, you know, after 1929, up until I think it was 1936 or 37, we had a raving bull market only to go back and test the low again it's the way it works they're trying a bull markets or the stock market in general is trying to keep the most people out of the market when it's making money okay because they get scared so when you're scared you're supposed to be bullish when you're bullish you're supposed to be scared (laughs) that's the way it works folks so uh you know Look, there's been a lot of drawdowns in our time. You know, 1929 was a big one. Uh, then 35 to 40 was a big one. Uh, 1970 was a big one. Uh, 2000 was a big one. 2009 was a big one. The drawdown here is less pronounced, and it and you can see that people are sticking around. But we are in this four-year cycle. The other thing I want to talk about, and I haven't talked about, I think, in a, in a month or so, is if you look at the, the S&P 500 index on a monthly basis, that's what's important, on a monthly basis. And we go back to 2009. We've been in a secular bull market since then. But the momentum, we talked about the momentum at the beginning of the year was way overbought. Well, now it's way oversold, way oversold. And the we always talk about the four-month moving average and the 13-month moving average. Well, when the four-month breaks down below the 13-month, that's usually a bad sign. When it breaks above or when it turns up, that's usually a really good sign. That's what, you know, back in 2009, I said, I think we've hit a generational low. I said that on the show, all right? And the reason I said that was because the 14-month the or the four-month was way below the 13-month and it turned. It had turned up in a down market. That's very positive. 
And we're starting to see that turn now. The monthly momentum is starting to turn. It's negative, but it's starting to turn. And that's something I think you got to pay close attention to, folks. You know, uh, and, you know, remember, and I'll, I'll repeat myself, the index, the monthly momentum is turning up. It's oversold at this point. The index held at the low on the S&P 500. So the S&P 500 was at the peak back in January. It's now at the low. Hmm. I'm scared. Maybe a good time to invest. Hey, we'll be right back with Insiders. Stay tuned. This is Smart Investor Show. Carols, choirs, and a visit from St. Nick. All your holiday favorites in the splendor of Mandel Concert Hall. It's time to make your ticket list and check it twice with the Cleveland Orchestra. Holiday concerts with the Cleveland Orchestra and Chorus return this December. Reserve your tickets now and experience sounds of the holiday season. Holiday concerts with the Cleveland Orchestra and Chorus presented by CIBC. December 8th through 18th at Severance Music Center. Tickets available now at clevelandorchestra.com. The Seculo crew wants accountability. So you have the head of Customs and Border Patrol out, forced to resign. He didn't want to, then he was forced out to resign. They're used to visit Fall Guy Logan. I mean, the truth is, uh, he was implementing the policies of the Biden administration. He was implementing the policies of Secretary Mayorkas and DHS, who oversees this agency. Seculo, weeknights at 6, right before Brandon Tatum at 7, on AM 1420. The Answer and Odyssey. Wouldn't it be nice to keep income rolling in even long after you retire? At RBC Wealth Management, we can help you invest for the future that you want and create a personalized plan to help you create the steadfast flow of income you'll need throughout your retirement. Call Tim Hayes at 216-774-8906. RBC Wealth Management, a division of RBC Capital Markets, LLC, member NYSC, FINRA, SIPC. You know, um, I always talk about uh, insiders on this show, and uh, insiders are one of the indicators. So basically what we do is we take a look at strategy, the top down, okay? So we have an investable market, and then we look at the, the technicals on a top-down basis. And then we start to look, you know, we do our charts, see what companies are starting to get, uh, uh, where the demand's taking over for supply. That's what char- charts are all about. They're a psychological pro- profile of, of an investing. So when people start to buy, we know it, okay? Then we take a look at the fundamentals. Then we take a look to see if the insiders have bought. Insiders buying heavy and the fundamentals. You know, when when the analyst and, and the insiders agree on things, you usually have a good stock. When you get the technicals, the fundamentals, and the insiders all agreeing together, you really have a good situation nine out of ten times. So. Uh, Anyway, we had a new issue this week uh, called Acrivon Therapeutics. Uh, I think it came out at 14, went to 20, and has pulled back to 12 and a half, as new issues often do. And uh, RA Capital Management bought $42.3 million worth. Uh, and then I think there was one other buy. Uh, hold on. Uh, nope. Oh, that's the only one buy. So 
that's, you know, $42.4 million is not chump change. And then we have Tenea Therapeutics, which uh, was $5 just uh, two months ago and is now $250. They've really just beaten up some of these small biotechs and small healthcare stocks. And the insiders are buying like crazy. So uh, director Dave uh, Goodall bought uh, $25 million worth. And then he bought, and then Eli uh, Kasdan, who's another uh, director, bought $6.5 million. And there was a couple others. Uh, yeah, uh, there was two others that bought uh, like uh, half a million. So that's pretty interesting. And then uh, Ryan Specialty Holdings, which is an insurance company, got beat up. It was, down, it was at 45. It's now at 38, uh, 39. It, it got hit down to 36. And at 38.78, uh, Patrick Ryan, who's the chief executive officer, bought uh, 30. $2 million worth of stock. And then he came back and he bought another $6.9 million worth of stock. Then he came back and bought another $3.3 million worth of stock. Uh, so I think he's, he's bullish. Reminds me of our friend that, uh, um, uh, I'll think of it in a second here. Sorry. Uh, like I said, the, uh, <laughs> it was a long trip. And then we had uh biodasic, which has been, you know, a stock that a lot of people had uh, hopes for. And nothing's really happened. Um, and that is now starting to, obviously, somebody's starting to think that's different because Jack Schuler, who's been around in stuff like uh, Accelerated Diagnostics, bought $10 million worth of stock. Uh, and Matt Strobeck, who's a director, bought another $2 million. John Patience, who's the chairman of the board, by the way, bought $2 million. Um, Strobeck bought a $1 million two days later. Uh, so we had a couple others. Uh, we had a couple of smaller names, smaller buys, but, uh, I'm sorry, it was Rocket Mortgage. I was trying to think of Jay Farner. <laughs> He's been buying. I think he bought this week too, by the way. Yes, he did. He bought another, uh, I think he's bought pretty much every, he bought every day this week. <laughs> so, uh, you know, he, he's been buying a lot. Uh, and he obviously really likes their, their prospects going forward. And then, um, we, we had a couple other names, which were fairly interesting. Energy trans, Transfer, uh, which I bought for, for a couple people. Nice dividend. Executive chairman buys another 6.8 million shares. Or, or dollars worth, I'm sorry, 6.18, I'm sorry. Um, and also, then we also have Higher Right. Uh, this was a stock that was, uh, I think, uh, $17, $18. Got beat up at 11, uh, 10 and a half, I should say. Uh, General Atlantic LP, which is a partnership. Uh, bought uh, $6.3 million worth of stock. And then um, th this is kind of an interesting one, Element Solutions, which is a chemical company, i.e. an industrial. Remember, we talked a lot about the industrials. Uh, Martin Franklin uh, bought uh, about $2.5 million worth. Why that's interesting is that's the first buy in a long, long time there. So uh, we'll leave it at that. Um, and, and then uh, also... Interactive Corp, uh, Michael Eisner, you might know him. Uh, I think he ran a company called Disney. Uh, he bought $1.5, $1.6 million worth of stock. Uh, he's, I think he's a board member there. And then uh, we also had Eric Ruckham, who loves Six Flags. He bought, you know, he's a director there. He bought another million dollars worth. You may recall he bought several a uh, while back. And then Carvana, which has just absolutely got peppered. It was a $110 stock is now seven bucks. Uh, Dan Gill, who's the chief product officer, bought a million dollars worth of stock, which, uh, you know, is interesting. You love seeing that. 
And then a couple other, Harry Sloan, who's been buying Lionsgate forever now, uh, bought another uh, $640,000 worth uh, of both. You know, he's, he's probably bought five or six million over the course of the summer. And uh, he paid six forty for it. So uh, for those guys who, who are out there, uh, the, a couple other names: Surgery uh, Partners, which is a name I believe we like. Um, we had uh, Teresa DeLuca. She bought half a million dollars for stock, and Phil Frost bought another three hundred thousand shares of Opco. I don't think there's been a week that's gone by that Phil hasn't bought some. <laughs> uh, he's a really smart guy, by the way. He's, he knows what he's talking about. He's made a lot of money in the past, so we'll give him. Uh, uh, the, you know, you don't become a, a billionaire uh, by uh, doing dumb things. So um, we'll give them the, the the benefit of the doubt. Um, in the meantime, um, you know, I, I think we have to we have to start to talk about a few things. We had a minor breakout in the S and P 500. Now, on a point and figure chart, it was a major breakout, but uh, on a regular chart, uh, it is a minor breakout. Um, and the broad outperformance broke a recent string of defensive performances. I mean, the defensive stocks have been outperforming, but now we had a broad outperformance. Just kind of interesting, I think. Uh, I, I think some of the, the strength was due to the low volume, uh, you know, that we saw. Um, we did, we did have quite a bit of low volume. I mean, it was, it was, it was quite low during this period of time. So, but I, you know, look, we're in a bullish trend. Okay. Now, what, what I, I think, you know, what I've been trying to see over the last week or so, and I didn't see much of it, is, is some digestion, maybe some pullback where we could buy some things. And we haven't really haven't had that. Um, the other thing is the Euro stocks, the 50 ETF, uh, has outperformed the SP 500 since the second week in October. So that's another thing. You know, the ADR list is, is something to think about. And, and China's SX. I has uh, shown some really start, uh, sharp gains in the recent weeks. Uh, I would suggest it, it's it could stall. I mean, based on the momentum things, uh, you know, you, you kind of look at that one and say, uh, you know, that maybe that's not time for me to get in, in into that yet. Wait, wait for a pullback. Uh, I did see some things that I liked. Um, there was some minor weakness, which hasn't done the damage, you know, that I thought it would be. There's upside resistance at 4120. That would be very, very um, important. I think the, the 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 VIX is probably likely to bottom out near 19 and a half or 20. Remember, the VIX is the fear index. Okay, so just remember that. So um, those are some things that I, that I've seen that I I think are important. Um, somebody somebody asked me uh, the other day, you know. Look, the, the, are we at the bottom? And you know, look, they don't ring a bell at the bottom. <laughs> they just don't. Uh, the performance has been defensively led since, oh, I'd say the 15th of, of November, all right? Black Friday hasn't led to too much strength in the retail group. Uh, the staples are leading the discretionary group. And, you know, I think you, you utilities may show some more strength uh, based on, you know, more than energy in the in the energy area for just the time being, okay? Uh, they may be good long-term buys here. So what would I do right now? Uh, first of all, I think there's some really good stuff to, to get. Uh, number one, do a wealth plan, okay? You don't have to be a client, although we'd love to have you as a client, to, to try the wealth plan out, okay? 
That's number one. Number two, year-end checklist. That's very, very important at this time of year. Uh, so you make sure you get all, all your ducks in a row, shall we say. But there's some other stuff I think that are really important. And uh, I, I would suggest that uh, you know some of the things that we've been seeing have been dynamite. Um, but we talked about our global energy top uh, and by our global 30 best stocks, you know, our best stocks internationally, our best global stocks internationally, our small cap index. Remember, small caps are starting to lead the way. Our dividend growth portfolio, our prime income list, those are really good ideas. And then, you know, uh, I talked about this, the healthcare conference is from way back in May. All right. Healthcare is improving. It's improving big time. And then we had, uh, you know, as I said before, our telecommunications, our, I'm sorry, our technology, internet, media, and telecommunications conference. We have our wrap up. Now, two years ago, I was, or back in 2018, I was very bullish about that. And you know what? Only, only one gentleman called in for it. Uh, that's usually when I'm going to hit a home run. I haven't even mentioned this before. So uh, I think I mentioned it last week, but, you know, uh, I, I was gone. So I don't know if anybody called in for it. In the meantime, have yourself a great weekend. I hope you had a great holiday with all your family. Um, and if you'd like to have a, a cup of coffee, let me know. Go to WHK1420, down to Smart Investor Show. Hit the contact me, email me. Make sure you look at the insights page. A lot of good stuff there. Let's do a wealth plan. And in the meantime, have a great weekend. Remember, buy low, sell high. Thanks for listening to the Smart Investor Hour. To reach Tim during the week, call him toll-free, 888-223-7742. That's 888-223-7742. Or visit his website, rbcwmfa.com slash Tim Hayes. That's all one word in the address bar, rbcwfma.com slash Tim Hayes. Please join us again next Saturday for the Smart Investor Hour to hear more smart investing from Tim Hayes of RBC Wealth Management. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.